Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Under the Lights. Finally, Saints off with a win and we're looking to make it back-to-back -back wins at St Mary's uh, this weekend against Burnley. Without further ado, my name's Callum Wilson. My name's Tom Murray and this is Under the Lights. Well, let's just leave the win to one side here because Callum has got a fresh trim. And I have to ask you, because your hair's been getting quite long, did you have a bet with yourself that you weren't allowed to get a haircut until Saints won another Premier League game? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a long 2021, mate. Uh, but finally, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was allowed, yeah, told the, told the barber to uh, cancel all their appointments that afternoon. Um, I think they realised they were going to earn their money when I walked in. But yeah, yeah, a bit cold around the ears now, but um, fresh trim, ready to go. Down at St Mary's on Saturday, got to do my best tonight. Absolutely. It did, when, you, when you said the barbers needed to uh, clear the appointments, they probably needed some new equipment. What did they use, a hedge trimmer? Yeah, they needed to, they needed to clear the floors. I think it took a team of them to, to get rid of what was left on the floor afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, new, uh, new trim, same me, um, but not the same old Saints. No, we actually won a game of football and oh, it's, it, it's great to have that winning feeling back. And now, I mean, we'll talk about it later in the pod, but we can feel it, it was a it was a major step to take, especially to win the first of these of, of these five fixtures where we need to be picking up as many points as possible. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get off to a better start. Could we we'll take a win? We didn't care how. It wasn't uh, particularly pretty. We'll go on a bit more to talk about Leeds and how I feel like, you know, if we hadn't won that game, were we ever going to win any game? Because they were dog shit. Uh, spoke to some Leeds fans. I was in town afterwards and they, they weren't happy at all. I know we caught them on a, a good time and we've mentioned the fact that they, you know, Rafina did, never made it. He was there, but he never made it to the squad. Uh, they were lacking a number of players. Calvin Phillips didn't play. But... The lads who came in for Saints did a good job as well, and uh, and and overall, what what was the best about it is is that I mean at half time, looked at the stats and Leeds hadn't had a shot and we'd have about eleven, only two of them were on target. Should we assumed that Nathan Redmond had a few shots, <laughs> but um, but because I I didn't I didn't watch the game. I've seen the highlights, but I was out. Of, obviously, it was my birthday. If you listened last week, wasn't it? So I was out for for that Saturday. But yeah, we looked at that and were just dominating. But the, the best thing about it is that I saw a stat. I can't quote it verbatim, but it was it was like the first time in a long time that any team had outworked Leeds uh, and Saints did it. So Ralph got the lads working really hard. He pulled some pretty left field choices in terms of players, especially up front, but it got us a win. And, uh, and Broya with his... Uh, this first Premier League start, managed to get the, the winner. He did, and it was a very good finish uh, on a, the end of a fantastic counter-attack. Um, I'd say, if I was going to like do a pro and a con of the game, I'd say the pro, I know Leeds were missing their most influential, atta influential attacking goal scorers, but it was another game where Saints did not look like conceding. I wasn't worried at any point during that match, apart from the little brain fart from Salisu where Dan James almost poked oh, it yeah. in. Apart from that, 
Saints were in complete control. I was never worried of Saints uh, of Leeds getting a goal. It, it was it reminded me a little bit of the of the West Ham game in the way that we controlled the we controlled the match, but never really looked in too much yeah. trouble. Um, the only the downside of the game, I'd say, just to whilst it's so good to have a win, feeling very positive about the games coming up, is that we still are struggling to score, and it took a major counter-attack with pretty much an open goal to actually get it into the back of the net. I know he's still got the keeper to beat, but it's that kind of situation where a player goes down uh, down the side, the goalkeeper's focusing on them, and then he just plays it across the box for a finish from about 12 yards out. Into, like, a, a Premier League striker, a, a competent football a competent professional footballer should be able to score that 99 times out of 100. Um, but apart from that... I can't remember too. I know we had a couple of corners where we flicked it on at the near post, which looks like a really good tactic going forward, actually, especially with with Breuer. Um, but if I was just a bit nitpick a little bit, uh, we're still just struggling with that cutting edge. But it'll come. It'll come. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, defensively, we were good. There was that one chance where Harrison seemed to walk through just after half time. They'd done nothing all half. And it would have been typical for Saints to have conceded a goal and, and not won the game. Uh, but Salisu, as he often does, got something in the way. Uh, he he was supposedly magnificent, everyone talking about him, although he did uh, he did fuck up that, that one at the end. I'm not sure quite what he was doing. He gave the ball away, I think, at first, and then he managed to, to balls up whatever he was trying to do back to the keeper. But... That he's young and he wind those out of his game. He is one of those sorts of players where he plays on the edge, and that does occasionally happen. So he'll just have to be nurtured into into being a bit more um, solid and, and careful in, in some of the things that he does. But yeah, defensively, once again, we stopped a lead side that were again they were missing those creative outlets. They didn't have their top goal scorer in Bamford. They didn't have Rafina, which was huge. I thought Dan James and Harrison on, on yeah, were, were wide men. They weren't, you know, left footer on the left, right footer on the right pace. They were very um, direct. And I, I felt like we managed to deal with that quite easily. But they didn't really have many opportunities. Like you said, uh, the goal was, was, really, was really good. It was really well worked the kind of counter-attack we've been saying since pre-season that we should be scoring quite regularly. Uh, won the ball on the edge of our own box and then Musa Gineppo did really well to release Redmond with a good run. Uh, he caught, uh, I think it was Urente by surprise and all of a sudden it was kind of two-on-one and Cooper couldn't really do much. Broyer uh, with a good finish. So yeah, Redmond played well. He seems to have taken some of the youngsters under his wing and Arsenal obviously rates him as one of the players that starts and, and starts in one of those forward positions. What I would say is, as good as Redmond was, I just wonder, you know, is he, is he better in that position than he is on the wing? I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Has he just had one game, you know, he's, he's one good game. Does that make him suddenly a different player? I don't think so. But I, I just I just think if, if we're going to have more of a cutting edge and score more goals, I think the likes of Adam Armstrong do need to be on the pitch. I mean, I don't know how often this season we've played, or certainly in the last few games, we've played with two strikers. We play a, a 4-2-2-2, but it always seems to be a kind of a square peg up there. Um, 
And I couldn't believe that with Che Adams not fit, that we didn't play uh, Adam Armstrong up there. And I just think that you do get a cutting edge if you've got, you know, Redmond doesn't have that cutting edge in terms of finishing. He did well because he could square it to someone else to finish the job. You said 99 times out of 100 professional football would score that. I don't think Nathan Redmond would. I'm not sure he'd even shoot. So, yeah, his creativity was good. His running off the ball was good. But his finishing isn't there. And if we're going to score more goals and play that formation, then maybe we should be playing two strikers. Yeah, and especially against Burnley at the weekend because that's going to be a really difficult test. They are... They haven't won yet this season, but they, you know, they they kept City down to, to two goals. Uh, man of the match performance from Nick Pope. And we know what we're going to get with the Burnley side. They're going to sit very, very deep. I don't know if they're going to change that at all, because obviously they still are searching for that first win of the season. But we're not at the point of this of the campaign just yet where they're going to have to throw um, everything at Saints and throw caution to the wind, as it were. But they do have Chelsea afterwards. Um, so that search for a win, uh, off, if they don't get it at Saints, is probably going to go on, on, on a bit longer. Um, I, I For all of the stick that he gets, I thought Nathan Redmond did have a good game on Saturday. Uh, he, was, he was popping up in quite a few positions on the left, on the right, quite central. And he was linking up with players quite well. And it was uh, it was sort of shades of a few seasons ago in, when Hudson Hootel first joined, where he was our best attacking outlet and was playing really, really good, really, really well. And to be honest, I think he would have had a goal had uh, Boyd decided to uh, return the favour and square it to him late on when uh, ball went over the top. Breuer ran into the penalty area, cut back onto his right. And uh, confidence up, he thought, I'm going to go for a shot when it was almost like a carbon copy in terms of positioning of uh, of the actual goal where he could have just squared it across the box to Redmond. I know you say he probably wouldn't, he'd be the, the one out of 100 that doesn't score that, but you never know until he actually gets the ball in that position because he was screaming for it. So I, I think he warrants starting again. I'd maybe then take Gineppo out because Gineppo continues to frustrate um, he's, he's got no end product, especially in the first. I know he set the counter-attack away with a really good ball through to Redmond, but in terms of actual wing play, I thought he was, again, really, really disappointing. Uh, he and Perot almost seemed to just get in each other's way at times. Um, Perot didn't really know whether to overlap him, to cut inside. Gineppo kept on then trying to wriggle his way into the box, and he just hits. It's just every single time, it's almost like a hit and hope. And just into the into the six yard box, and just hope that it gets deflection or it reaches somebody. I just feel at the moment he he flatters to deceive. And against a team like Burnley, I think we could use someone with a bit more cutting edge. I think put Redmond on the left and then bring on bring Armstrong on the other side. Yeah, no, I do, I do think there are hints of a good partnership that could develop with Perot and, and Gineppo. And we saw it earlier in the season when. Pro certainly in pre-season was starting to come into the side and elements of that at the weekend one or two times. But yeah, I, I do think you're right. Um, I agree I agree completely that you don't have to play Gineppo against Burnley because Gineppo usually plays there first and foremost because he's our best number 10 defensively. Uh, the, the fullbacks aren't going to get that far forward 
for Burnley. Their defence first. They're well organised. They play four four two. I think we can afford to gamble a little bit by having number tens that are forward thinking, like a Redmond, if he's going to play, and then have Broyer and, and Armstrong um, as a combination up front. Up front, I think is good. Whether Chad Adams is back on the on the bench or not, I, I think he will be. But that suddenly we're we're looking like we've got goals, um, and I do think Armstrong is is going to be that player to get double figures if if anyone is. So I, I would go with something similar. I think Redmond on the back of his performance has earned the right to play again. I think fair is fair, and I do think Stuart Armstrong is yeah she should be starting if he's fit enough. He should be starting. What did you um, think of Diallo's performance? Because I obviously didn't get to see the game in full, mm -hmm. but he, yeah, he obviously battled hard in a, in a game where, you know, I know Phillips wasn't playing, but they certainly took advantage of that. Him and Romeo, without Ward Prowse there, uh, was it was it glaringly obvious that we were missing a captain? I wouldn't say it was glaringly obvious that we're missing a captain. I thought Diallo did very well. It was a very competent performance, easy balls, uh, returning possession really well. Uh, and then sort of, it was sort of get the ball back and then give it to someone more creative and then just stick in the middle just in case they need someone to support, which I suppose is what a, the, the role is of a central midfielder. Um, it wasn't one to create chances uh, but we know that's what Diallo's like. He gets the ball and he moves it on quickly. And he's very good at sort of wriggling away from people in the centre if he needs to. So in terms of defense, defensively, we weren't missing Ward Prowse at all. Whether they're the only hindrance I'd say that Diallo doesn't have is he doesn't have the set piece ability uh, of Ward Prowse. And therefore that, that lacked. Although the, the corners from Redmond almost got us a couple of goals because they seem to try that Broyer at the front post, flick it onto someone behind. And Elianusi, I'm still not quite sure how he's not scored at the back post, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Ward Prowse must have been um, scratching his head at the, the idea that we had two or three direct free kicks in prime Ward Prowse territory that Redmond had in those... Those opportunities haven't really come around this season for Ward Prowse, but certainly we seem to have a plan. A couple of times, Broya at the near post worked really well. And I was going to mention that earlier, actually, that you, you mentioned the fact that we don't create many chances. I mean, they, we create even fewer when you take away the set pieces. So from open play, we really were struggling to break leads down, which isn't, you know, it's not a strength of leads uh, to sit in the low block. So I wonder if, you know, Sean Dyche will, will have recognised that, you know, Burnley defensively set pieces, tall players, Dyche, that wouldn't have gone unnoticed. He would have seen the, the ploy and how it was working and, and really gave us everything but a goal. Um, Elianusi, I think, almost ended up hesitating and went for it with his hand a little bit. I'm not sure what he was doing. Should have scored. Um, but, yeah, I think Broya was our, clearly our most creative player and our, our biggest opportunity to score a goal, probably the only person who's ever going to score a goal. But I think with, with Burnley, it will be a different kind of game. I think we will have to break them down. They will play a 4-4-2 where Diallo will have more to do than he would against that kind of 3-3-3-1 formation of Leeds. They'll be resolute. They'll be working hard with uh, Brownhill and Westwood in the middle and maybe Jack Cork. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a different game for Diallo and um, 
and Romeo. I think set pieces, we we know how poor leads are from set pieces as well. I remember be harping on all season about that with Vestergaard and waiting around for that fixture. So, you know, lead, uh, Burnley will be better at that and it will be a dogged game and it probably won't be a great one on the eye. And Salisu will relish the opportunity to come up against someone like Wood or Barnes. Uh, although I know Vitra has been getting a lot of games recently, so I'm not sure exactly who's going to start, but certainly Chris Wood. I think we can stop them from scoring. You know, it's, it's nice to have a bit of confidence in the defence. It's, it's turned around, hasn't it? Because the defence was so poor, but we could score goals. Mm. And now we've sorted out the defence seemingly, but we can't hit a barn door. So it's just trying to find that balance in between. But that's where you need that bit of quality. You know, that's what we should have been doing when we had someone who could get a goal out of nothing and Danny Ings should have built a team defensively and then almost banked on those forward players. Now we've got the likes of Salisu, who's kind of holding things together, better fullbacks available to play. Uh, and, and I just think that we, uh, yeah, we've got a good foundation. And like you said, those goals will come and it's a really good opportunity. We said, you know, a minimum of, what, nine points? I think you said eight, nine points from these five games. Well, we've got three from a possible three. If we get six from a possible six, I think that's, that's well, obviously it's good, but Burnley are that team in 18th. We're, uh, we're four points ahead of them up in 15th. Norwich have got Chelsea. Yeah. Newcastle have got Palace, so, you know, potentially. But if we can beat Burnley, we open up a gap on them to seven points mm. and already in the season. Norwich unlikely to get anything more. We can start to pull away and kind of infiltrate that pack in the middle of the Premier League, uh, which is where we want to be. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a massive run of fixtures. And as you said, we beat Burnley, go seven points clear of them uh, with Watford away. Watford have got Everton at the weekend. So they will be wanting to bounce back against a different club from Merseyside after being absolutely trounced by Liverpool with some comedy defending um although there's not much you can do against Mo Salah at the moment with the form that he's in but um yeah it's a, it's a what's so important is that now that we've got that win with it's sort of like that that sigh of relief we do, we've got the monkey off our back we've got that victory in the very first game of this run of fixtures and yeah the next four might go to shit um but we've given ourselves the best um the best possible start to them and we're going into them confident realistically Burnley haven't won this season and if we can keep Manchester City out Leeds out West Ham out reduce Man United to just the one goal conceded then we shouldn't really fear a Burnley strike force that much um, obviously it's going to be a really difficult game I think it's going to be very much a case of um, whether we can break them down and that's something that we've really really struggled to do last season yeah we came back from 2-0 down to beat them 3-2 but that was a real sort of anomaly of a game uh, I think it was quite fortunate that we'd scored pretty much as soon as they'd made it 2-0 bring it back to 2-1 and then we were in the ascendancy I think it is absolutely critical that Stuart Armstrong plays this game because I don't think we have any other player who can play that quick pass that'll open up a defence yeah, I mean, I don't think there's an awful lot to say about this fixture. I mean, we know what Burnley bring. It's, it's going to be low scoring. There's, there's not going to be much in it. You know, I could see it being a 1-0 or a 2-1 if we're lucky enough to see some goals at the weekend. But it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of fouls. There's going to be a lot of ball in the air. 
it's going to be a, a lot of uh, hard work, graft, sort of grit and determination, and and you know we might get a bit feisty, but you know we, we love to see that. We've just got to turn up. You know we outworked Leeds. Now we've got to outfight Burnley. And if if Ralph has managed to get a tune out of the lads in terms of just working hard, regardless of how good the finishing was, being organised, working hard, running further than the hardest working team in the league, then he should be able to get the point across to his team to go out and and work harder and fight with Burnley. We've got a whole week between the games, so I don't expect to see too many changes on the team sheet. Although, like I said, I would like to see two strikers up there. Uh, but but yeah, we're, we're in a, a decent position. I would play Perot again because again, it, it's it's a game in which we can worry a bit less about stopping attacking players. And let Burnley worry about us. Let's go at them. Let's do what, what we did to to Leeds. Won't be as easy because defensively Burnley are more resolute and solid and and organised, but. We can certainly push them and force them back. Uh, and, and an early goal really, really does change the game for us because that's exactly what we need. You start to draw them out. So I'm not sure what you would say in terms of the um, the team sheet. We'll go on to that. But yeah, we're suddenly, you know, three points on the board makes a hell of a lot of difference when you've had seven games and you haven't got a goal. And then suddenly we're four points clear of relegation. Suddenly we're looking up. With the next four games, Burnley at home, Watford away, Villa at home, who get through away a two-goal lead against Wolves, that they don't look in any great shapes, and and Norwich away. So, yeah, we're we're in a position where we we could make some moves and and push ourselves into the mid-table area. But like you said, we could get that could have got that win, and then the next four games it all goes to shit. So. Uh, let's wait and see, but I'm, I'm certainly seeing enough from this side to think that we can get some points from from this run. Yeah, completely, completely. And I think it's, I know it's amazing what, what a win can do for the confidence, but there is, if we play to our strengths, there is absolutely nothing stopping us from winning the next four in a row as well. I mean, Burnley are beatable. Watford are certainly beatable. Villa, in their current shape, are beatable. And Norwich, I mean, in the current form and current way that they're playing, if you're not beating them, you're seen as sort of a, a bit of a laughing stock. Obviously, that a lot can change in a few games. But with the confidence as it is, if we can get the goal scoring firing all in all cylinders, if we can then get a good point score from the next four games, then we can go into that run of games before Christmas, not looking over our shoulder as much. And question in terms of the lineup, um, if we play, if if we put Redmond, if he's earned himself a start and we're thinking that Armstrong should come in, is Elianusi droppable at the moment? Because I thought he played really well on Saturday as well. Or do you reckon it's just a case of he's going to have to, he's going to have to come out if we're going to have to put Stuart Armstrong in? Yeah, yeah. Just before I go on that, I, I will, I want to touch on something you did just say. We have only just one our first game of the season. We're, as good as those fixtures look, we will not win five games in a row. We'll I'm going to I'm gonna clip that. Games. I'm going to clip that. I know. So, I mean. Happy for you too. I've I'm, I'm been a Saints fan long enough to know that the games on paper look good, but then you imagine it and we're there at Carrow Road or we're there at Vicarage Road and we're the better side, but 
we've conceded sloppy goals and suddenly we've had a shit day. Happens all the time. Um, I, I probably would drop Elianusi for this game, but it's healthy competition. You know, if, it, if he's if he's he's played okay, but he's he's still not creating much. He's still not doing what we want him to do, and um, and he should be scoring from the yard out as well. So, yeah, Redmond had a better game than he did, and Armstrong's better than the two of them put together. So, when it comes to that, yeah, unless you want to drop one of the front boys and play Redmond up there and play all three of them, which I don't really think I don't see too much point in that, then then yeah, you know, why not have them as an impact sub? And 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 we've got a squad that can do that now. We can rotate them. We've then got the Chelsea game midweek. Why not play them in that game? It's, yeah, that's a big game too. So yeah, it's a, it's a good dilemma to have. Um, I just wonder if the way we play that kind of two up front, it's it's not quite a two up front. It's almost a, in some ways, it's almost a four two three one because that Redmond kind of drops in, doesn't he? And then and then Broya at the weekend or wherever it might be. Um, Places that sort of pivotal front man, but yeah, I, I think I would. I personally would go McCarthy and goal. Uh, same back four, uh, same central midfield duo of Diallo and Romeo, and then I would like to see Redmond should have another chance. Armstrong play from the start. Stewart um, and Adam Armstrong to play up front with uh, with Broya, and then suddenly you look at the bench and. You've got options. You've got Teller. You've got Che Adams. Um, you've got Elianusi. You've just Sinepo, talked about. Walcott. You know. Yeah, yeah. And those are just the attacking options. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, Will Smallbone. I know we had a, a behind closed doors uh, friendly this morning with Bournemouth. Hopefully, got some more minutes. Um, it can be a, you know a valuable part of the squad. But even if if not, you know, I'm Stuart Armstrong playing central midfield. So, you know, we've got the options. Got Walker Peters on the bench as well, you know. <laughs> and suddenly the, the the game against Chelsea, we're looking uh, at, at having a chance of putting a half-decent side out. So, you know, it, I'll, I'll be interested to see. I mean, we have got three games in a week. And I just wonder if Ralph's learned his lesson with his bigger squad of... Yeah, don't play your the exact same first choice eleven for all three games because we won't be able to get the best out of them no. for all three results. You have to kind of hedge your bets a little bit, and I don't see him playing anything other than his best side against Burnley this weekend. So I, I just think he'll be too tempted to play a better side against Chelsea because their reserves against our reserves is a mismatch. But I think. I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm fairly sure that um, suspensions in the Premier League don't run over to the cup competition, so Warprowse should be able to play at Stamford Bridge, and that'll probably be a good one for him to keep up his match fitness ahead of coming back the week after. And again, I thought they were. Um, I thought it was just a domestic ban, so I thought that was the reason that he... I think he's back for the Watford game, and he only misses two league games because we've got that third game sandwiched in. Mm. I'm sure he, he definitely plays. I'm I'm pretty sure he, he plays against Watford. Let me just check. But not- yeah, either way, if he's if he's if Walprouse is available, he'll be playing in whichever competition it is. Yeah. Because uh, as soon as he's free, he he would be a player who plays in all three games. Yeah. So he he does return against Watford. So unless he only had a two game ban and he's back for Chelsea, or if he's got a three game ban, 
he's back for Watford. I don't know, but next in the Premier League, he's, he's available on the on the thirtieth at Vicarage Road. And that will be quite a. I bet Ben Foster is probably thinking, why does he have to be back for that one? Considering his record of scoring free kicks Long against course. him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, he scored he scored a couple up at Vicarage Road as well, didn't he? So yeah, I, I think. Um, anyway, we've 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 talked that to death. Uh, what's your prediction for for Saturday? I'm going to throw away the, uh, oh, we're going to lose 10-0 or anything. Um, I think it's going to be incredibly scrappy. I think it'll be 1-0 again to Saints. And I'm going to go for Breuer, and it's going to be a header from a corner. Wow. Near post flick. Near post flick, um, yeah. I'm not getting rid of the pessimism because we've only won one game and, and I'm, not, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not counting our laurels yet or resting on our laurels. Um, so, so, so our, resting on our chickens and counting our laurels, is that what chickens, it means? Yeah. <laughs> I think 1-1 uh, uh, for me. Burnley are always tough. Very rarely do we beat them. I know we did last year, but that was that very out-of-character game for both sides where we actually came from behind to win and Burnley threw it away. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it will be a, a hard-fought draw, low-scoring, nil-nil or 1-1. Well... There you have it. The uh, the, the thoughts of birthday boy Callum Wilson. Come on, Callum. Let's end on on that. How how was your weekend? I mean, apart from the fact that you got for your birthday a haircut. Oh wow! Well, yeah, I got it myself <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, it was alright, mate. Yeah, yeah. You just went out on a Saturday into town um, for a bit of a pub crawl. Um, the missus had organised for all my mates to come out and, and meet us as a surprise, which was nice. We went down to um, down the bottom end of town in the the Dancing Man Brewery up on the uh, on the seafront there, and then um, sort of made our way up to Steingarten and and uh, a couple of other places. We did end up in uh, at, at the other end of town, the youthful end of town, where one does not usually spend their thirty first birthday. But um, yeah, I, I must say, as we gradually made our way up, got more and more drunk. Ended up on London Road, and then uh, by by the end of it, found ourselves in Pop World of all places. So um, <laughs> it, it, it it gradually got out of control. I think we we'll just go just went with the crowd. People weren't ready to go home. Obviously, having a good time and uh, suffered a little bit for it on Sunday. But I was yeah. going to say, do you remember anything about Sunday apart from a world of pain? Well, it's only once a year you have your birthday, isn't it? So you got to make the most of it and uh, well, I can't I yeah. can't take my alcohol like I used to mate it affects me more <laughs> than uh, than back in the uni days that's for sure so well I've got to ask because last week we had a little discussion about what you're watching on the box and uh, you were really going with this where where have yeah, you got to it, with man. you finished Squid Game yeah, I've got to yeah, ask I told, you, you I told you we'd, we'd smash it all out on there I think it might have been Friday night you know Friday was my birthday my actual birthday and um and my girlfriend came around in the evening and we uh yeah got 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 takeaway and um finished off finished off squid game so no um well spoil spoilers may be coming so if you are watching this i'll fast forward a couple of minutes so we'll turn up all together but yeah now i watched it i don't think that i don't think the ending was that bad i think the ending the twist was good just uh I dragged it out a little bit, didn't they? But yeah, yeah. All, the, all the remaining games, I can't remember where are we up to. I think I'd only watched three of the six um, contests and, and you had, yeah, yeah it got you, good, it got good. 
you had the marbles game and then the the glass bridge i think uh, to go mm. and then obviously squid game at the very end which um i thought i don't know i preferred it with more people during the games i thought as it got down to fewer people because obviously it just it's just absolute chaos when there's loads of people doing it um but yeah what did you think when it was down to three he goes to get help and then turns around and the end of the episode is just the other guy with with blood all of his hands i thought you oh, absolute yeah. bastard that guy was a wow that guy was a bastard as soon as he mugged off the uh the sri lankan guy who everyone oh. liked you know the marbles game the marbles game was good because we lost a lot of we lost a lot of characters um and it lost was a, a lot really of good, good people <laughs> lost a lot of good people and um and there was obviously the twist when they were all partnering up to take on the world and then realized that they actually only one of them could survive uh and and yeah we saw a, a number of different ways in which they came to that decision but yeah that guy was a bastard at that point and then i loved the the bridge one as well where the, the whole they brought in the vips and the whole decision about um where to go and he was going to take the number one and the guy came over and pleaded and he finally grew a backbone i was like we've not seen you guy for for the last for the first seven episodes but i like you i don't know where you've come from you're in a final 16 but i like this guy and uh and then they told him what it was and he turned around like you lucky fucker <laughs> it's like why are you going last uh yeah i thought um yeah yeah the end was 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 a bit too was a bit too long but i thought um cracking series if you haven't watched it yet um do watch it maybe if you have a strong stomach because there is quite a lot of quite a lot of gore and, and blood in there but, but well, if you've not watched it then i mean you should have turned off because we just told you what happened so <laughs> yeah um, if you haven't yeah. watched it no point in watching it now you know everything um the twist is good though we've not quite given away the twist at the end no the twist no twist uh, but yeah now i liked uh, a couple of twists actually with a detective guy a lot of it was you could foresee what was going to happen but yeah no I, I did like it just uh what's next on the agenda that's the thing what's what's the next big mm. um I, i'll tell you what i've started re-watching because i never finished it but I, I watched it years back is um on Netflix again, Suits. Have you ever watched Suits before? I haven't watched Suits, but that's the one that Meghan Markle was in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I watched it. Royalty. Quite a few, <laughs> yeah, quite a few seasons of it um, back before she was even remotely connected to, to the royal family. So when she, you know, no one knew who she was. And then when I, when when it came about that she was uh, dating Harry, I was like, oh, that's, that bird, that american canadian bird from uh, suits so yeah i'm re-watching that because i never got to sort of finish it you know where you get up to the point where you've caught up with it and then there's no series out for like another year or two and by the time it happens you've just completely forgotten about it yeah so um but it's good though because i'm watching it and i don't remember any of it's not like watching the same thing twice you know, starting new again because there's so many episodes so yeah that's what i'm on at the moment what about you oh uh there is a sort of a cartoony sort of thing called final space which my other half and i have been watching it's i'd say it's like a worse version of rick and morty um, okay <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah 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 that, that, that's it boom i mean you're gonna go and watch that now you're thinking like 
you know what I fancy watching tonight? A rubbish version of Rick and Morty. Yes, that's how I'm going to spend my hour or so of freedom. I'll tell you what we'll do each week. We'll try and come up with something. If uh, if it might be TV, it might be something else. I don't know. But if uh, if the listeners are, are bothered, we'll each come up with um, with a suggestion <laughs> of how to, what to watch or how to spend your time or whatever. And uh, this week, it's either if we go and watch uh, go and watch. Squid Game that we've already spoiled. Go and watch the Duchess of uh, was it Sussex in um, in a riveting New York lawyer uh, uh, series on Netflix, or um, or go and watch a shit Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should really go into just reviewing these uh these television programs people will absolutely absolutely love it so yeah uh, those are our tips for the week those are our um golden takes our hot takes for the week go and watch them if you i know if you have any suggestions that you want to throw at us and don't say oh have you watched something it's called the simpsons it's a decent cartoon show um i haven't watched it but anyway no i have I've watched it. I haven't watched that in a long time, Simpsons. I feel like we're uh, I feel like we're waffling on a little bit here. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should cut it. I've got football training tonight, and uh, I still need to eat yet. I think it's that is nearing six o'clock. I think that's a good shout. Okay, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Oh wait, you, oh wait, what are we do, man. Just in case you don't know where to find us, I don't know how you managed to get stumble upon this, but Callum Wilson twenty one under underscore Saints. As he said. I've got you, man. I've got you. Uh, And uh, yeah, have a good evening. Stay safe. Stay wonderful.